In my years of experience, travel nurses like one F word and they really dislike another F word. On today's episode, we talk about the one they don't like, floating. Atlas All Access starts now. I like that. You like that? That was good. Just came over with it like that. That was good. So they do like to say the F word. I did, a lot. no doubt. They do not like this F word. So yeah. you okay? So let's let's start from a recruiting standpoint, and then did you read my questions ahead of time that I sent to you? No. No. Awesome. Good. No. Okay. So let's start at least from a recruiter standpoint, broaching the subject of floating with a travel nurse, because there's a whole lot of different ideas on what should or shouldn't happen out yeah. there online what really happened yeah and i think for the most part when people say oh i worked with a travel nurse and now i want to be a travel nurse first thing they do is go onto an online forum and you start scrolling down and the first out of 10 first posts is you know somebody got canceled and then like five people got floated to mm-hmm. units that they didn't think they should right. and then so now you know, they were ready to jump off the bridge and be a travel nurse and, and then now they're scared and, and right. everything. So I think it's a very common question on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a very important question because obviously your nursing license is the most important thing on this, mm-hmm. um, you know, as long as well as your safety and, and those kind of things. But uh, I think the biggest thing on this is is having an honest conversation during an interview Mm -hmm. is, you know, we can talk about it of, you know, what you are um, comfortable in doing, you know, as, you know, a med surge nurse, no, you shouldn't be floating to an ICU probably, you know, unless you have experience in that or other things. So um, I think the most important thing is having the discussion with a manager asking one, if I'm going to float, Mm -hmm. one, how often, you know, is it travelers are first to float? Yep. Is it everybody floats in rotation? Everybody takes a turn. Um, you know, what happens? Who do I talk to if I don't feel comfortable of where you're telling me I am going to float? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those kind of things as well. So I think we'll, we'll, we'll touch on each one of those and get into a little more detail. But I think overwhelmingly, the question is, you know, does a traveler float? The answer is Yes. Yeah, it's most likely you're going to. I think the more specialized Mm -hmm. you are as a nurse, you know, uh, a CV PICU nurse Mm -hmm. or a CVOR or or just the OR in general, Mm -hmm. um, even sometimes like the ICU and the ER. Right. Those are more specialized where you can't really take an ER nurse and go put them in the OR. You, you can't put a NICU nurse and go put them on an ICU unit. Right. It, you, you can't float across those. Mm-mm. Now, can you go be helping hands in, in a hospital or, sure. or one of those things as well? Um, absolutely. But yeah. I think where people most of the time get floated is in the realm from the ICU to the PCU step down to the tele floors to the mm-hmm. med surge. You know, are you going to float down one one level are you going to float all the way from an icu all the way down to a med surge floor you know from going from two to patients to five six seven patients Mm -hmm. on there um and you know nurses 
I don't agree that nurses can do all those things. You know, I, I think when you're used to having one, two patients and you get five, six, mm-hmm. you're definitely going to be a different nurse and not, you're more apt to make mistakes. Right. No, I think that's one of the things I've learned over the years too is, is that making sure those ratios, ratios are consistent whenever, wherever you go. Now, it wouldn't be unexpected for that ICU nurse who is generally a one-to-one, one-to-two to go to a telemetry floor yep. where you maybe have four to four-ish, yep. right? I mean, I guess that's a safe, you know, if you're just, if you're just watching monitors, reading strips, not that I'm, you know, taking anything away from that, but, you know, having four patients is, is might be, that's acceptable. Yep. Um, but yeah, you're right. An ICU nurse may be going to the ER. A NICU nurse may be going to the PICU if they have that experience. Yep. Right. It's not just a, it's not just a leap to think, okay, the kid's a little grown up, so he could go from, they could go from that to the other, right? Yep. That doesn't necessarily happen that way. No, not at all. I think the important part of that, too, is um, after having that conversation in an interview Mm -hmm. is to also get your recruiter, the client manager, and obviously your compliance team involved as well. Mm -hmm. Because if you are going to be floating from an ICU to an ER on a consistent basis, you need to have both an ICU and an ER skills checklist on file with your agency. Right. I think that's a super important piece to to talk about mm-hmm. um, just for the sake of we are keeping you joint certified, you know, right um, on our joint commission. Um, and then also if if and when something bad does happen, if we don't have those checklists in place, it, it makes yourself and your agency at fault at that point in time of not having right. the correct credentials. There's exposure there. there. There's right. definitely exposure on there. Yeah. So. Um, even if you're like, Hey, I'm the most comfortable nurse, you still need to have that skills checklist on file with your agency as well. So let's talk about that a little bit. Let's, what if you're asked to float to an area? So you're a travel nurse or maybe in a staff position. I don't know that where you're asked to float the, you, where you don't have that skill set. Yeah. How do you have that conversation? Yeah. I, you know, I think the first thing that most people do is text their recruiter and say, hey, they're, they're making me do this. Mm-hmm. What, what do I do? And, mm-hmm. and that's fine. And, yeah. and your recruiter needs to respond pretty quickly to you and, and help you out. Um, but in the same sense is <clears throat> you need to stand up for yourself. And it, mm-hmm. it's not there's a right way and a wrong way, Correct. obviously, to do everything. And, you know, throwing the clipboard on the ground and, and storming out of the room and, and making a scene is, is not going to help your case in that. Um, but pulling the manager aside and just saying, Hey, I I just really don't feel comfortable. Is there another spot that I can go? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'll, I'll take my turn another day if there's a different option. Mm -hmm. Hey, do you want to just call me off for the day? If you don't need me on the floor, uh, I'll just take, take one of my call offs. Um, but I don't feel comfortable going to that neuro step down unit because I don't have any neuro mm-hmm. experience right. or, or whatever. But it's, it's handling it properly, mm-hmm. um, having an honest conversation of, hey, I just don't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anybody's ever going to get mad about that. I, I, just, I, I just really, really don't. No, when it comes to patient safety, I think they're going to, they'll agree with you in, in most cases, right? Now, and shorthanded is shorthanded. And, and I get it. Like yep. that, that happens a lot. And there are some situations where, you know, they're, they're going to push back on you and say, no, we're shorthanded in that unit. You can just take, you know, admissions or, or yep. whatever, you know, whatever that unit does that, you know, the, the basic level or yep. whatever. So I think it's understanding your skill set, being honest with yourself and then being honest with your manager about your skill set. And if it puts patients in danger, then you've got to step up and say, 
I, I, I can't do this. Correct. That's okay. Correct. So there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Nothing wrong with that at all. At the same time, you can also be an advocate for your other travel nurses, maybe that you work with. If they get asked to float and they're not comfortable with it, and maybe you have that skill set, you volunteer to be that traveler. I've seen that happen multiple yep, times. Absolutely. That, okay, I do have this. I've seen this before. I can do this. I'll take it. She doesn't have the skill set. She's yep. never done it before. So be that advocate. Step up. No one likes to float, but that other travel nurse is going to thank you in the end. Yep, for sure. So. I think another another big thing that I was thinking about is... Um, also think about the size of hospital that you're going to or you're mm -hmm. interviewing at. I think if you're at a big level one trauma, mass general in Boston, you're probably not going to float a ton down. It's a huge hospital. There's mm -hmm. a ton of ICU units. Mm -hmm. But you go to like a small Brattleboro, Vermont, you know, 50-bed hospital, yep. you're probably more apt to float across a couple different floors just because they don't, you might be one of two, three travelers sure. at that hospital that they're going to utilize in a different. So in the back of your head, when you're submitting to jobs, I think it's important to probably think about, hey, if I don't want to float, you know, I might want to submit to bigger hospitals that's, you know, I probably don't have a the the possibility of floating on a mm -hmm. on a more often. I mean, from the client manager side, would you would absolutely you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think a hundred percent. You're going to have more. You'll float more into like how many different med surge units would there be, say, in a mass general, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's going to be quite a few different, very specialized. Yep. You will float to those probably, whereas where the smaller hospital, you're going to float to units maybe that you've never touched before ever. Yep. So yep. I, I, that plays into the next question: How do you prepare for this as a traveler? How do you, like, what are, skills checklist aside, right? I mean, yeah. understanding maybe where you could go, and I think you touched on it already, asking in the interview. Yeah, asking in the interview and having an honest question. You know, that I try to prepare people and tell them, you know, hey, if if I'm going to float, where how often does that happen? If that happens, where does that go? And if, if you're super particular on your skills, <clears throat> in the interview, even ask the, even ask the manager, if you want it in writing, Ask the manager when they put the offer over, hey, I understand I'm going to float to a step down for West. Mm -hmm. Can I go ahead and put that in my contract? Is that the only place that I'm going to float to? Right. And as long as they're okay with that. And so then when you get to the hospital on week four and they ask you to float to the neuro unit on, you know, you kind of have some skin in the game to go back to the the manager and say, hey, this is the options that you kind of said sure. where I would float mm -hmm. to. You know, and as a recruiter, I would I would be more than happy to put that into a work order on there. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have that conversation and you just want me to write some random clause in there of, hey, no floating to any other units other than this, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. A, right. a recruiter, a company, a, a vendor, we, we don't, unless you don't have that conversation in, in an interview, we have no no leg to stand on in, right. in the fight of, of getting you to not float to those places. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's, and that's my, is my last question is understanding what the hospital contract says about floating for travelers yep. and then understanding what your work order says about floating on your contract. Yep. And that's a conversation you have with your recruiter from the time that you, you know, you're going to interview through that last day of your contract right? yep. or through that until you start. Right. And then you can talk through it as, as your contract goes on. Like, especially if you if something is written in there about that 100%. So 
it's a uh, it, it's a difficult subject. It's one that it causes some heartburn. Yeah, right? it really I, does. The you know you you do one two three travel crown tracks. You're you're gonna float mm-hmm. of of some sort way, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I think I think people that are like, oh, I'm never gonna float, or I'm not, I'm just not gonna do it. It's mm-hmm. gonna happen, and it's gonna it's gonna become a crutch. Uh, on your travel, it's either going to make you super, super mad, mm-hmm. or, you know, a lot of people just embrace it and they learn new skills mm-hmm. and, you know, it gives them, you know, a couple extra things we can put on a resume of, yep. hey, floated to a step down unit and took some, some different drips and some different meds. And now yep. I have the experience to do this. Mm-hmm. I love putting that stuff on, on resumes. They pay attention to that, right? The, the people that interview pay attention to that type of thing. And mm-hmm. it, it's going to key... Uh, especially in this hyper-competitive market that we're in right yep. now, that could make the difference of whether you get that or somebody else gets yeah. it, right? And then uh, a lot of the times, if you are open to it, I mean, there's big hospital systems that have float pool nurses that, hey, we want somebody that is willing to float ICU, PCU, mm-hmm. you know, across the board. Yep. Even in, in NICU, PICU, I've seen a lot of, a mm-hmm. lot more needs recently of they want somebody that's comfortable to float to a PEDS unit, work in a PICU, work in a NICU, mm-hmm. um, and and those things as well. So um, I think in, in the travel world, you're, you're starting to see it that they're looking for people that are more willing mm-hmm. and open to. Yep. Just because that's the case doesn't mean that you have to. Right. You know, stand your ground, be who you are, be confident in your skills and, you know, don't don't do something that's going to risk your license or, or your future in, in the nursing field. Right. Your recruiter is your lifeline. If you ever get into that situation where maybe you're either not comfortable with it or something is happening that, that it, it maybe just isn't within your scope of work, talk to your recruiter. They're your advocate while you're on a contract. Absolutely. So, Adam, thank you. Yeah, no, great topic. I love that. Good topic. The F word. <laughs> the F word. See you next week.